really, I never wrote. I ain't write this by the way. Some real thoughts. This be the really, they ever quote. Yeah. My president is black. My Lambo's blue. And I be Welcome to episode 7 of the Rostentations podcast. I'm your host Ross Lipschultz coming to you with one of the one of my favorite Young Jeezy songs. Actually Jeezy, not Young Jeezy. I'll get into that in a second. Um, my favorite songs from him called My President uh, from 2008. Uh, no more topical time now talking about this in uh, the right after the Super Bowl. Um, yesterday the Super Bowl ended, and in case for some of you who decided to DVR the biggest sporting event in possibly the entire country um, and don't know the result, I won't ruin it for you. However, it was played in Atlanta, Georgia, and congratulations. That means we're going to do one of Atlanta's finest for Episode 7. So, My President is a classic song of his, and I'll get into it uh, shortly, but I do want to Hopefully everyone is really enjoying the new format. We did last episode with my brother Grant. Um, if you haven't listened to it, go back, check out Yay Area, the episode all on E40 and the tycoon himself. Um, Young Jeezy, or Jeezy, I always call him Young Jeezy because that's how I grew up with him. But um, he Jeezy is a has his own signature sound, the ha-ha. It will be one thing that he's always known for, and we're going to get into this because I think there's a good message in here from this song. Surprisingly, well, I know a lot of people think that it's, uh, you know, just another rap song. Some things that people rap about actually matter, and uh, this is one of those songs, and I think it's a good time to get into it um, because unlike the people who play in the Super Bowl, they didn't ha- I didn't have to beg to talk about an Atlanta artist during the actual show. Um, and no offense to Big Boy, but my God, there are so many more relevant and current Atlanta hip-hop artists that should have been in that show over uh, Maroon 5 and even Travis Scott. Well, I know Travis Scott's popular. Come on. It's in Atlanta. You have so many great people there, Um, even people that are incredibly culturally relevant now, as well as Atlanta also has a bustling country music scene, and yet they went with Maroon 5, who might be the most vanilla act of all time. And I saw something amazing on Twitter in the the week leading up to the, uh, the big game this week. Um, was that name the five members of Maroon 5. And literally there's just a chain of comments where people go, there are five members of Maroon 5? Is Adam Levine five people? Like it, it's so such a bad choice. And the amazing number of people who were even in, not alone just the South, but in Atlanta that absolutely would have been a part of this celebration. Maybe, maybe the whole boycott of it from people like Rihanna not wanting to be a part of it or... You know, for a lot of long time, it took them a long ass time to get people named to join the Super Bowl performance. Um, and so I guess we're going to enjoy Big Boy with not Andre 3000. So no outcast, which is a little disappointing. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Atlanta's one of Atlanta's finest is Jeezy, and he is a um, longtime hip hop artist. He, uh, you know, he kind of hit the scene with his major label debut in 2005 with Let's Get It Thug Motivation 101 because nothing sends a good rap album than a title and subtitle, one of which is a class listing and the other one really doesn't say anything. Um, And The Recession, which houses this album, My President, is his third album, uh, came out in 2008 on September 2, um, with My President being the third single off the album. Uh, It features Nas, who actually had a huge beef 
with um, Young Jeezy. And you can tell that because even during the music video, while they're kind of being buddy-buddy, uh, they clearly had to have a separate scene where Nas was not part of the actual filming of the video. Uh, Jeezy clearly was like, I'm going to make this video. We're going to make it cool. And Nas was like, I am not available for that shit. I am not coming to wherever you film this. Um, and too fucking bad. We're going to shoot in a separate room that just has one blue Lamborghini in it. But in the most baller move ever, Jeezy actually purchased the Lamborghini Murcielago that's in the video for the video. He didn't even have it beforehand. They didn't rent it. It wasn't like just a prop for the show. He purchased it to own it and put it in the video. That's a boss move. Can't can't thank Jeezy enough for doing that. It's something that uh, people will should know because that's, I mean... I don't think most people would do that in any of these videos. I think people just rent their cars or they, you know, they do it for the people loan them to and for the publicity to be mentioned in the song. Um, but speaking of mentions in the song, um, this video is an incredibly odd one because it's kind of like at a rally, like uh, it kind of looks like they're all holding up the banners that would be at a presidential rally or something like that. But a lot of them have names on them and they're of varying variety of relevancy to um black culture as this song actually is um first off the video shot in november 23rd 2008 um which i believe was the oh the music video was released i'm sorry the music video was released on january 16th in preparation for obama's inauguration it was actually shot right after um obama was announced to be president of the united states in 2008 um and the names of the people on the banners, you got Mother Teresa, Sojourner Truth, um, William Shakespeare for some reason, Biggie, Tupac, obviously classic. But then like it goes down to like people like Akon, Jermaine Dupree, Soldier Slim, and then also for some reason Mahatma Gandhi and Che Guevara. So they just chose a bunch of random seemingly famous people. I mean like Joel Santana should not be next to... Uh, I mean, who are some other people in there? Well, I mean, I said Che Guevara and Mother Teresa, although I can't imagine a buddy comedy of Joel Santana and Mother Teresa going super well. So let's try to get that to happen. If anyone ever finds a way to travel back in time, please take Joel Santana to meet Mother Teresa, um, because that would be an amazing dip set. What was it? I guess it would be, well, if you did with Sojourner Truth, it'd be a uh, dip set underground railroad should be a great name for the great name for their album and or television show so let's get that done um but also it lists a bunch of cities like they would um if you ever watch the national conventions they just list like cities or states where it says like iowa or you know illinois or whatever it is but then he also has a bunch of them that just say random states or cities and you'd think that oh well it's an american song he's talking about the president of america they would be american cities that is not the case. For some reason, he get there's mentions of Haiti, Israel, Iraq, Queensbridge, New York, which obviously is in there, South Central, just random cities, random places. The Israel placards even caused offense to a bunch of Palestinians for no reason. Um, well, not for no reason. They obviously are just not thrilled about it um, because it was doing the 2008-2009 Gaza War. Um, and <laughs> And yet through all of this where there's hundreds of people in this rally holding up a sign there's one guy who has to hold up a sign and you see it at the um 547 mark of the music video that just says directed by gabriel hart and it's three times bigger and in larger font than all of the other signs that have the famous leaders and the cities and everything that's important in the video one guy has to hold up a directed by gabriel hart sign 
And that is amazing to me because the director of the music video couldn't just put in a little tag or just let it be. He's like, nope, gotta let people know. Gotta let the video end on my my name, bigger than Mahatma Gandhi, bigger than Sojourner Truth, bigger than literally all of these great heroes that are featured in here. Of course, the only ironically, the only person that's also featured in this the spot where it says directed by Gabriel Hart, Robert DJ Screw Davis. So I guess DJ Screw gets the uh, final final listing here. Um, anyway, so that's a little bit of the intro on here. The song, the album opened up number one uh, in the United States on Billboard's 200 and was generally critically received pretty well. Um, one one review from Blender actually called um, Young Jeezy a that said, or it said that he has always fancied himself an educator, a learning annex lecturer, and an inspirational desktop calendar hustler, which is the greatest description for someone who talks the way Young Jeezy does. And we'll get into the lyrics in a second, like we always do. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to do the same format we did last week, where I'm going to let the song play for a little bit. You guys are going to enjoy some of the lyrics here. Um, and then I'll cut it and, and give you some analysis throughout. So again, let me know how this is going. If people enjoy this, this is how I'd like to keep the show going. It provides a little bit more structure. And also, um, you know, I think the words of Jeezy, young Jeezy, middle-aged Jeezy, grandpa Jeezy, wherever he'll be in his song, because the reason he dropped the young part of his name is that he grew up. Um, and the direct quote is, it's Jeezy now, we dropped the young. Because nothing screams uh, maturity than first-person plural mentions of oneself like you're the Queen of England. Um, and a man who constantly refers to himself as the snowman uh, due to his copious amounts of cocaine selling definitely has matured. Um Again, the quote around that is, I'm grown now, I did enough of that. It sounds good because when I came in the game, that's who I was, and that was my standard of mind, but I'm a grown man. The zeros get to adding up, you gotta drop the young. Which I think is a good reason. You know, I've talked about how people love... I love how people choose their rap name, how people get to the point of being like, I'll be Chance the Rapper. It's like, okay, your name is Chancellor, and you're the rapper. You really... It's like, what a, what a reach. Um... And there's so many people who are a little this, little boozy, little Wayne, uh, little Yachty. Will little Yachty eventually become boat, large boat, just the boat emoji, two boat emojis? Or maybe he'll become large Yachty, big Yachty? It doesn't know. Or little Wayne is like 45 fucking years old, and somehow he's still little Wayne. I mean, I guess he hasn't grown taller, and his voice still sounds like he had a helium accident inside of a diamond factory. But still, like, he, you just should be able to grow up and have a new life. But anyway, that's where Young Jeezy went with it. Now he's just Jeezy. I'm probably going to call him Young Jeezy the whole episode, because when he this that happened in 2013 when he dropped the Young. When this thing came out in 2008, he will always be Young to me. So let's play a little bit of the video, or let's play a little bit of the song at least, and uh, I'll hop in here with a little bit of analysis uh, throughout. So here we go. All right. Uh, I'm a, oh, damn it. I even screwed up my own freight thing. You're supposed to do hold up right there. All right, hold up. Whatever. I'm not going to go back and fix this now. Um, I always love this intro by Young Jeezy because he's trying to get into ser some serious stuff, but it has to come back to him never actually writing his things. Now, it's a reference to Tupac, obviously, 
talking on Against All Odds where he says it's the realest shit I ever wrote. Um, now, Jeezy's saying it's the realest shit he never wrote. It's just interesting that rappers find it... I guess they it's more of an honor to be a freestyler and have that kind of balance of the lyrics to it. But it not it kind of weird that they don't want credit for being writers? Like, there's so much talk of ghostwriting, especially with like people like Drake, who get called out for ghostwriting and... Or in the case of Drake, sometimes he calls out other people for ghostwriting or whatever. Um, that people don't want to take credit for writing. Like, oh, yeah, I just came out the top of my head. Whoop-de-doo. I mean, there's no way to really prove it. But that is kind of how it works. So it is interesting that he likes to say that here. And he's also about to talk about his president being so successful and bringing so much hope. And yet it's still about the fact that he is unable to write his lyrics. Unable maybe the wrong word. But come on. Don't don't set it up like that. You're you. It's a softball for this to happen. All right, anyway, we're going to get back into it. Hold up. So... Another thing I love about Young Jeezy, and I don't, I don't want to break it up at every chorus, every break in the song, so I'll let it run for a little bit coming up here. But one of the things that's interesting about this song is he's talking about all the cocaine he deals and that he's saying his mom ain't at home and his daddy's still in jail. Uh, and it's up to him to measure out the cocaine and deliver the money for his family to help raise them. Um, now, obviously, there is nothing more, you know, like, I guess, is it inspirational taking care of your siblings, but also doing it, dealing it by dealing copious amounts of uh, crack cocaine to people? Shout out the new girl. Um, but it's it's very strange that we what I what I think one thing that I want to stress here is that there was a story over the holidays where they banned Baby It's Cold Outside because the song was talking about, oh, or there was that one radio station that banned it from being played, and it was a kind of a national news story. Um, and it was because, oh, you know, nowadays it's such, such a bad example, and it's, you know, the song is really about preventing a woman from leaving. And it really has to be a separation of what the art people make and the action of what's happening. That song obviously came out in the, what was it, the ninth, probably the, I don't even know when it came out. 40s 50s whatever and the song no one was no one has ever said oh my god well of course i can't possibly let someone go home that song that i listened to one time encouraged me to do that and in fact it's an argument a lot of people have against rap where they say oh they're glorifying guns and killing people and drug dealing and while that's true in a lot of cases i mean this song is literally talking about how he helped raise his family thanks to cocaine Lots of rappers talk about that kind of stuff, and it's part of their art. That's part of their delivery, and it's for a lot of them, it's part of their history. Um, and while we don't, maybe we don't laud them enough for overcoming that and becoming successful in a maybe more legitimate enterprise, it's really strange that there's, I mean, maybe there is like big national waves to ban hip hop music, but if we're not going to go to that extent, we should never go to the extent of banning Christmas songs that really 
they weren't part of this era. It's part of the history. Just let it go. If you don't want to listen to it, you don't have to. But no one needs to hear your shit about why, ba- you know, baby, it's cold outside is a serious problem when we're literally talking about raising kids on crack money, which often can lead to crime, other things like that, because drug dealing is a dangerous business, which he also gets into. But um, you may realize he's only talked about his president's skin color at, to this point. So it's not exactly a lyrical. Ge- he's not exactly a lyrical genius, but he'll get into it. And that's the learning annex educator that we talked about before, that level of things. And the, the, the and one other thing I want to say here is Young Jeezy, similar to Pusha T, um, all about drug dealing. That's his past. And if we can't separate art from the person who it is, we really can't appreciate some of the great stuff he comes up with here. And frankly, Young Jeezy himself is actually a, a pretty respect. I mean, his, you know, he's had obviously run-ins with the law, no doubt. But uh you may be unaware of this, but during Hurricane Katrina, he opened his house to lots of the victims and offered those offered housing to people who were displaced for, and a place to stay in Atlanta. Um, and it was and you know, that's that's a great story. It's something that I don't think a lot of people know. Uh, he's very active in the community in Atlanta and in the South in general. Um, and people don't really think about it because they think about his lifestyle. And I think one of the great things about rap music and it's something that gets underplayed is that people really people have created a community around it and it's something that's really important to them and it's something that's really uplifting for others now obviously i would imagine most rappers don't think that oh the key to getting out of you know their tough situation a tough situation growing up for kids is to deal drugs or to emulate to be a rapper there are many more legitimate ways to do it but um, you hear the backgrounds of these people like Jeezy in these songs, and it's it, you can clearly tell that hip-hop really created a community in a supportive area that I think a lot of hip-hop artists don't have nowadays. They don't talk about as much of this history. They really just talk about the luxury lifestyle. Oh, my God, I dealt drugs. And a lot of them didn't, and they just talk about it because that's part of... It's almost co-opting its own um, history because they want to seem cool. They want to be a part of it. But I feel like people like Jeezy really get into it um a little bit more seriously so let me let's get back into a little bit of the music here Hold up. First off, you did hear one of the classic ha-has from Jeezy at the end of that verse there. Um, as he talks about one of the greatest business endeavors ever, sending an email to Jesus and forwarding it to Moses and ceasing Allah. Um, praise be unto his name. Mostly because imagine them being on an email chain now. I feel like what could they possibly talk about? Maybe just conditions in Israel. This is a very Israel-heavy uh, podcast, I just realized. Not where I expected to go with Jeezy's My President is Black, but so be it. Um, and But it's a, it's actually really interesting. The Jesus-Moses-Allah connection is that he's talking about how hip-hop is so serious. He actually says it on 
genius.com when he's talking about the song he says that's you putting your business wit with your street knowledge i've been in situations where a lot of big people might be on the email jay-z la reed kevin lyles these are the powers that be these are the people that are going to make things change or fix something or a situation and not to compare them to the three individuals i'm talking about but i'm saying that these are three biggest people in this universe that i can think about having a conversation with um and like he's not comparing them one to one, but it's an interesting take. It's a very interesting metaphor where these are it's like connecting with these spiritual leaders, but in the rap community and being a part of it. And it's great to see someone like Jeezy who probably just associate with drug dealing and a criminal lifestyle. Unfortunately, he's he really is aware of what's going on. And um, he contrasts that with before in the verse where he talks about, you know, I cannot believe this. Who knew it came in bails? Who knew it came with jail? Who knew it came with prison? Obviously, we've all talked about how I love when people shout out friends in prison. He doesn't do that here, though. Actually, what he's talking about is how it's interesting when you are doing the drug dealing. You don't realize that you're a drug dealer. You think everything's okay. You see people on the corner doing it. You see people in your neighborhood. You see it all around you because that's unfortunately the life you're in. And you've got regular business hours. If you don't deliver, if you don't bring the goods, you're, it's killing your family. It's, it's hurting them. It's bringing them down. And you just get back to work. Um, and he even says that some people try to go pay taxes when they're doing these things because they think they're doing the right thing because they're helping uh, raise families. Now, obviously, he thinks that George Bush is the criminal in this situation. He's the one that lied to everybody. And he'll go into it a little bit more here. But, uh, he, you know, he's talking about how if he was running on his own platform, he'd win in Las Vegas, he'd win in Arizona, he'd win in California. Um, but it's like a double entendre. It's, he's, he's winning there as the Coke dealer. It's a landslide. Think about a cocaine landslide in Alabama. Um, but also, you know, he sees that a black president can pull these things off, and it's really a dream for people in that community going up. We're going to skip ahead a little bit in the song here because, you know, he gets into the chorus and I, I want to get into verse verse two because it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff in here about Obama and, you know, building that kind of thing up. So I'm going to let the music run a little bit and we'll get started in verse two. All right, hold up. I just have to say this briefly. The fact that Young Jeezy shouts out spinach dip at Houston's is one of the greatest things, I think, in hip-hop history. Uh, their spinach dip is fantastic. It's kind of a um, spinach artichoke dip. You have little bread or, or pitas to dip it into. They serve it at a chain called... It actually used to be called Houston's. now called Hillstone. My favorite restaurant is tied in that same group called Bandera. It is amazing. Have to recommend it. Couldn't recommend it highly enough. Um, if you just want to get fatty for a day, maybe make it a fatter day, hashtag fatter day and hit up Houston's, hit up Hillstone, hit up Bandera. Can't rec recommend it highly enough. Was that worth stopping the song for instead of talking about how he supports his own child's own clothing line that he put out? Yeah, it was. Uh, fuck that kid because frankly, I don't care. I want to talk about delicious, delicious 
spinach artichoke dip that I may or may not eat out of a bread bowl. Who knows? It, does that make me gay according to 40-year-old virgin? Absolutely. But I don't really care because um, that's the quote from the movie from a long time ago. Actually, probably around the time when this came out. Yeah, uh, I feel like I've gone off on enough of the tangent there. Let's roll back into the music. Hold up. So you hear finally in the song, he really talks about um, Obama being the mankind, the change that they need, the miracle for so many people. And it's true. Um, You know, he talks about in this in these quotes, Jeezy talks about how Barack Obama gave black people, the black community hope. He, quote, led by perfect example, meaning he showed people how to move as a unit and be a family and strive. I think that was more than any Obamacare or anything that could have done. He led by example. We never saw that shit ever. You got to think, you know, JFK, they saw that shit. We never saw what class looked like, what the American dream was. And then he moves on a little bit and says, but at the same time, I think through a lot of fucked up situations, he kept calm because he was always cool. He never panicked. And that's just like the big homie from the hood, uh, which apparently he's quoted referring to himself, but whatever. You know, I think for young Jeezy. This is part of that same community. It's showing them that you can change. You can't help other people change like Obama did for so many people in his community and himself, frankly. And it's this exact opposite of, you know, you see people like even last week, you'd see Tom Broca talking about how Latino children and families should learn to assimilate in America and shouldn't be speaking as much Spanish and learn to speak English. It's like going to a winery and taking a sip of wine and going, This is a white, like it's so white. It is so white to say something like that and to not realize what these people are, what it means for them to be a part of this society and have a community that's so supportive. Yes, Tom Brokaw is a very, very old white man whose voice sounds like he ate gravel for the past four years exclusively, but that doesn't excuse himself from being so out of the loop. And I think, ironically, songs like this one about my president is black you may think the material in it is very cocaine-driven, and that may be true. That is the past that Jeezy comes from. However, it does actually send a good message, and it really talks about way more than that. And it gives white dumbasses like Tom Brokaw, like, it shows them, like, hey, there are people out here pushing and trying to make a change. And if you don't recognize them in the way that culture, hip-hop is so such a big part of popular culture and mainstream culture that you should recognize him in songs like this. And the fact that he does here is, I I think it's really important. I think this song has more history to it than most people think. Um, And I realize most of the songs that have been popular among the uh, Rostitutes have been more of the Ignition and the Shaky Tail for the party songs. But every so often I'm going to do a song like this because I think it is important to kind of the zeitgeist of hip-hop until we get to Nas's shitty-ass verse, which I'm definitely not going to play because... If there was ever a verse that ruined a tone of a song, it is Nas's verse in My President is Black. I know the song is just called My President, but My President is Black sounds a lot better. You have a song where he's talking about uplifting, he's shouting out people, and the music video is talking about great black leaders. For some reason, juxtaposed next to Lil Boozy, but whatever. 
and then he for some reason comes in offbeat, like triple tempo. I, I don't. I, I'm not even sure. Like he's. I agree. Yes, he does talk about no president was black or ever helped me. Nas, you know, he's coming talking about coming up poor, coming up in Queensbridge. You know, I don't even want to go into it. He makes some dumb references to Hulk Hogan. Um, he, this the song really doesn't. I mean, he's talking about putting Obama on the five thousand. I don't want to even get into it. It's a fucking terrible verse. You can listen to it on your own, but I don't recommend it. He just really doesn't bring anything to the song, and it doesn't go along with the rest of the thing. And it's one of my favorite things in rap music is when people have features on songs, and they clearly aren't filmed at the same time as the actual video. And they just did it. So it's like, oh, my God, they cut to it. Oh, my God, they're all together. How cool is this? It looks so dumb. And this is the best example of it, because even though this song is about uplifting and being in the community and showing a good message, the only time Nas is in the song is when they're in front of a Bugatti Veyron and clearly in front of a, I'm sorry, it's a Lamborghini Murcielago, the one that Jeezy bought for the video, in front of a green screen, clearly on a soundstage. It's so embarrassing. Uh, almost as embarrassing as the fact that the only time Young Jeezy takes off his glasses in a video, mostly filmed indoors and or at nighttime, is five and five minutes into a six and a half minute video. Also, make your song shorter. That's insane. You don't need a six and a half minute video. The song is already long enough as it is. Don't add an extra minute. Um, so we're not going to add that. But I'm going to do one thing here. I'm actually going to play the outro of the song, which I love. Uh, and it'll be a good way to end the song. Not because it's an outro although that does work out nicely, but because it's one of the most random things in hip-hop, in my opinion. So I'm going to play that right here in a second. Hold up. And this is going to be the last one for this song, but my God, that outro makes no sense at all. He just starts talking seemingly randomly. He talks about June 3rd, 2.08 a.m. I don't know what that's even in reference to. I was doing research around this, and it doesn't make any damn sense. He says it in the video, and the closest thing I could find was like a geological survey and some earthquakes, but it really has nothing to do with it at all. He's just talking about a seemingly random time on June 3rd, no reference to the year. The song came out in November, so it's not connected to the song. Then he just seems to be talking, I guess, to Obama, saying, you motivate us, you know what it is. And then he just starts shouting out famous black leaders, three of which aren't mentioned, the three of which, Jackie Robinson, Booker T. Washington, and Sidney Poitier, none have mentioned or on any of the signs in the music video, so it's kind of thrown off. Followed by the fact that when he's talking about how he's shouting at these people and he's they're doing such great work, uh, it then immediately goes into the fact that I'm important as well. I was the first N-word to ride through my school in a Lamborghini. I'm sorry, through my school, through my hood. If you run through your school in a Lamborghini, that's a massive felony. You're probably killing a number of people due to the speed you would be riding in your Lamborghini. Um, although he did just buy it for the music video, so perhaps it's on like, he's, he's taking it easy. Anyway, 
We're not talking about Young Jeezy running over children because that totally didn't happen and don't look that up or Google it. Um, what? What? Why would you possibly say that? You do this whole song about motivating people and, you know, Obama being the dream and the hero and the miracle of this. And then all of a sudden he's talking about how he was the first person in his hood to come through in a Lamborghini. Not relevant at all. I love Young Jeezy. And one of the things I love about him is his hype man thing. And this outro is great because you'll hear him. He goes like, it's June 3rd, 208 a.m. And there's 208 a.m. N-word. Like he can't. Just just say the words. You don't have to have yourself hype yourself on every single line. And it's literally just the line and then the line again, but with the, the N-word over and over for every single one. There's like, it's essentially like 15 lines and he just does that every time. Like he's like it, like he's starring in Memento and has to say it twice so he actually remembers it instead of tattooing it on his body. Um, which actually would explain why he's talking about riding through his hood in his Lamborghini. So he doesn't forget that he was the first person to do that. I don't think that's what he'll be remembered for, like the three greats that he mentioned before. Jackie Robinson, obviously the uh, first African-American to play Major League Baseball. Booker T. Washington to be the first African-American to be invited to the White House. And Sidney Poitier to be the first African-American nominated for the Best Actor Academy Award in 1958. And the first one to win it in 1963. Yeah, I'm not sure you're going to get any sort of recognition for being the first person to ride through my hood in the Lamborghini. However, congratulations, you're the first person to, ha to randomly mention this, the date right before my birth, uh, potentially when my mother started going into um, uh, labor. So congratulations, Young Jeezy. I appreciate that. Young Ross wouldn't be here without you. So uh, thank you so much. And again, thank you all the Rostitutes out there listening to the podcast. Again, this is a free podcast. It's fun. I don't expect any downloads. I don't expect any love. I don't expect any things like that. I Anything I would say is just share it with your friends. Tell people that to take a listen, to take a download. And hopefully you guys like the new format. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to it. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, enjoy that you're... Well, I guess don't enjoy. Your president is no longer black. Uh, but your Lambo remains blue. And that'll be a slogan you can take forever. All right. Have a good night. Yeah. My president is black, yeah. my Lambo's blue, blue. and I be, be my red.